Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 70 of Coach Prep. Today we're going to talk about coaches making sure you're prepared, have a plan every day. Before we do that, let's talk about our sponsors. Clean It Up is the communication tool we want you to use. Clean It Up FP uh, is an app for your phone. It's free and it is going to solve all your challenges, whether it's within your team or within your organization. Has a lot of flexibility. It's a great tool. So go to cleatedup.com and check them out. Also want to talk about Nexair. Nexair is a Memphis-based industrial gas, medical gas, research gas, welding supply, and safety PPE supplier. With strategically placed retail locations, sales branches, and distribution centers throughout the southeast, Nexair is never too far away. They maintain centralized product warehouses to serve you better and be more reliable. Through our services, you can receive the products you need when you need them. Our fleet of trucks will get you the gas you need when you need it. If you're interested in any Nexair product or service or just want to talk through your options, please get in touch. Our customer care team at 888-639-2474 will help you find the branch or outside sales rep in your area. Please reach out to Nexair. They'll take care of all your needs. And let's talk about Patreon today, Don. We've got a, a quick uh, little update for all of our listeners. Patreon.com slash Everything Fast Pitch. The uh, Square Cuts training discs are here, and we're going to be doing some specials for our uh, patrons. Nice. If you are one of our patrons and you're interested in purchasing the Square Cuts training discs, you're going to get a 40% discount. The cost is $49.95 per dozen, uh, so it'll be a 40% discount. And then for our regular listeners, there will be a code. We'll have that available for you next week. You'll get a 10% discount. If you're not a patron but you're a regular listener and you want to order some of the Square Cuts training discs, we'll have those available. have the rest of the information that you'll need for ordering. They are $49.95 a dozen. We're going to have them available to start shipping next week, and we'll have uh, orders uh, available to be taken, and we'll have information for that when we do the Everything Fast Pitch podcast on Wednesday. So, Don... Telling our coaches to be prepared seems kind of a logical thought, but one of the things we keep talking about is how softball logic does not necessarily always apply and common sense doesn't really always relate to common practices. And one of the things we want to make sure that our coaches are thinking about and and working towards is going out to the field every day for practice with a legitimate plan, not the I'm going to wing it, not the I'm going to make it up as we go, but a schedule, a plan, some guidelines that you're going to follow as you go through the day. So I can't even tell you how many times, too, and only because we've been doing it for decades, Tori, but when you go out there and you don't have a plan, I just feel super uncomfortable. It just doesn't feel right. Having that plan gives you that uh, sense of confidence and um, creates a a vision of confidence for your kids and the the group that we're working with. And um, if things are prepared... The kids are excited about being a part of it, and uh, things just flow so much smoother and less issues, all the above, right? Yeah, well, there's a couple of things about practicing that I think are absolutes. We lose kids very quickly when we bore them. We lose kids very quickly when we're disorganized, and we lose everybody very quickly when we feel like we're just totally wasting their time. If I'm going out there and I'm kind of winging it, kind of making it up as I go, it has this sense of disorganization. Looking at a blank sheet. Yeah, it, it has this <laughs> sense of chaos. I think that was the word you used that really kind of sums it up. One of the things that's uh, important, if I invest a little bit of time on the front end, if I have really thought through the plan of what we want to do at practice, the chances of me missing something, uh, overlooking something, pretty much disappear. 
And I think all of us kind of have the same ideas. You know, we look at how we're doing. We look at uh, the timeline for when we're going to be playing next. And we look at the punch list of things that really need to be done. So early in the year, I think our list of what needs to get done at practice is different than, you know, mid-season, whatever that season looks like. You know, I think early on, you know, we've got some very fundamental things that we need to get good at quickly. So coming out of the gate, we're as prepared as we can be. And then I think later on, we're going to get into more fine-tuning and detail-oriented stuff. But if we don't know for sure what we're trying to do and when we're trying to do it, we're just going to be like lost out there wandering around. Tori, I really like what you're saying. And for me, if I have a, a written note of, hey, we've, we've got to work on bunt coverage or you know turning two at second base, whatever it might be, there's so many different things that are really being covered that if we're just, oh, yeah, I'm going to remember to do that, it's like me at home. If I, if I have a list of things that I do at home, if I have an actual physical list, I can check them off at the end. I feel like I'm accomplished. Right. And if there's one that didn't quite get the attention that it needed, I've still got my notes. There. Right. Rather than just in my head, I find myself going, oh, yeah, I forgot to do that, you know, in the garage. And then time's passed and it's an issue. Yeah. And when and, I think it just our, keeps you moving. Yeah. And our, our issue is, is we get to game time and... Um, we hadn't covered what, you know, that one little thing that I'd forgotten to do was. Right. So, yeah. yeah so I think, uh, you know, in, in my experience, the best system is having a, you know, kind of a spreadsheet kind of uh, schedule, something that's laid out, time blocks. Um, this is something, you know, we've talked about in the past uh, as a coach. I've always enjoyed going to watch other practices, you know, not even just other softball teams, but uh, other sports. Sure. And as a young coach, I went and watched football practice. And the football practice that I observed, they basically had like the timer on the scoreboard running. And when the clock hit zeros, they moved on to the next thing, period. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It was almost like in mid-sentence. You know, the guys are pushing yeah. a sled and then yeah. they stop. A, co- a yeah. coach would look up and see three, two, one, and seriously, almost like stop his thought right there and then move on to the next thing for that next session. I thought that that struck me as being a really strong motivator to keep things moving, to keep your focus on what you're doing at that time. And if, you know, if you've got a block of 15 minutes set aside today to work on bunt coverages and you know you're going to you know, hold yourself to that or 30 minutes, whatever it might be, depending upon you sure. know, your team and, and, and what else you're trying Needs. to get done that day. But if I'm looking and say, okay, I got 15 minutes to get this done, instead of you know noodling around, I'm going to get right to it. We're going to cut right through to the meat and potatoes. We're going to get working on what we need to work on to accomplish what we need to accomplish in that time frame. And I think if you've hold, if you're holding yourself accountable to get it done in a certain amount of time, it helps you stay on schedule. And sort of like your list of things around the house, if you look at it and say, okay, I've got an hour to cut the grass, and then all of a sudden you're out there rolling along, you know, kind of noodling goofing along, off, go- goofing yeah. off. All yeah. of a sudden you start to look at the 50 minute mark. You've still got half the yard to do like, Oh shoot. You know, I, I'm going to probably end up losing time to do something else. I've got some issues. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that the schedule that has you set to a specific amount of time and dictates to you how much time you're going to spend on each thing is a really good thing. It makes us efficient. And I also think it's a good idea for you to share that with the team. I think it's a great idea for your kids, no matter what age group they're at, to be able to look at that schedule at the start of practice and kind of mentally prepare themselves. So, okay, we're going to be here for three hours today. We're going to spend, you know, 30 minutes doing our everyday drills, you know, our, our fielding fundamentals, our throwing fundamentals. That's cool. Then we're going to spend 10 minutes on base running. Then we're going to spend 20 minutes on, 
rundowns, and we're going to spend 30 minutes on bunt coverage, then we're going to spend 30 minutes on team defense, and then we're going to spend an hour on hitting. I think the kids can look at that and then kind of mentally prepare themselves for what the day holds. And I think instead of them being out there going, well, I wonder what we're going to do next. I wonder what's going to happen next. Oh, this is kind of boring. Oh, I wish we could get through this. I think they can kind of keep their eyes on the prize a little bit more, keep their focus a little bit better, and actually get something done. So the idea of having that schedule, I think, keeps us on target. And I think it helps the kids stay on target, too. And one of the things that has happened to me, and I hate to have to admit it, and I I know that I think people probably getting tired of uh, Tori's confession of the week of things that I wish I would have done better as a younger coach, but I can remember seriously going out to coach a high school game and realizing that when the first slapper came up to the plate that we had not covered our slap, slap defense. Right. You know, know, we'd had like, like, you know, eight days, 10 days to practice before our first game. And back then I was not sold on the practice plan. I was kind of winging it, kind of making it up as we go. And all of a sudden it's like, holy cow, here's yeah. something that's happening in a game. That's when the list started. We were, and, and that was, I think, like my first like kick in the butt. And, and then you know, sometime after that I'd gotten to see that football practice, which kind of reminded me about time and, and the importance of staying on schedule. But so I went from being the you know, wing it up and wing it and I can make it up as I go and we'll, you know, just play it by ear and work on things as we think we need to work on them guy to being that everything regimented, everything laid out, you know, everything very specific. And then what that allowed me to do is two things. One is it keeps us on target and makes sure that we're getting stuff done. But two, it also gives me a way to kind of go back and double check. So, you know, basically I would print out a, a page for that practice plan and I keep a three ring binder. And so I will keep the old practice plans you know, and kind of make some notes because, of course, as we're going through the day, I'm scribbling and jotting stuff down. Sometimes it'll be notes to remember to add something or to put something in for the practice for tomorrow. But then I'll put that in that binder and then I can kind of look back and say, okay, we covered bunts yesterday. So, you know, how much time do we need to spend today? Is today a review day or is today a teaching day? Okay, well, we did this three days ago and we weren't very good at it. So we need to time really to emphasize up. that today. And it kept me kind of focusing on the things that were most pressing that really needed attention. And I think it cut down on the the shock factor of, oh my gosh, we haven't really worked on this. And something you said earlier kind of impressed on me, uh, a neat thought is that when you're watching some of those practices that are so well laid out, whether it's a football practice or your softball practice, it's very structured, one point to the next to the next. It's exciting to watch for me. I'm impressed with that, but also to be a part of a practice like that when you are involved in it and you're executing a skill, whether it's bunt defense or ground balls or fly balls or whatever it might be, and then just really quickly and sharply and on point, you move to the next thing. Right. It's uh, exciting to be a part of a practice right. like that. So I think the kids are going to react really well to that structure as well. When I think them knowing kind of what's expected helps that happen too. If they sure. look at it and say, hey, we're doing infield for 12 minutes today. I can really be enthusiastic and, and on point for 12 minutes, and I can really give it my all for 12 minutes. I think that you're going to have a lot more energy and a lot better practice in that time than if, okay, we're going to practice. And we start doing infield stuff, and they don't know whether it's going to be 10 minutes. They don't know if it's going to be 20 minutes. They don't know if it's going to be an hour and 20 minutes. They, that might be three hours of practice today. And I think that if you get in the habit of setting a schedule and sticking to it, the players can then learn how to maximize the the time that they have and to really get something done. Like I said earlier, if we bore them, if we if we waste their time, we're going to have a hard time getting them back on task to get something done. So let's 
let them know what to expect, and then we can expect them to give us what they can for that amount of time. No, and and Tori as well for the listeners. I know I've spent a lot of time, more time probably doing private instruction than at the college level. And I had sent players to go and and visit with you about playing for you. And they would come back and talk about how well and how structured and how point to point and really great active practices. And they were super impressed with everything, uh, you know, that you're describing right now. Those are how your practices always were. Right. And that was awesome. Yeah, well, I appreciate hearing that. But I think it's important then for our coaches to start to think about what your practices look like. If it is like pulling teeth to get the kids to do something, obviously something's not right. And if it, if it has that feeling to it, my first suggestion would be start off with a set, absolute schedule. And one of the things that I think we all fall into, and that I know, you know that the temptation is there. So let's say we say we're going to spend 15 minutes on rundown. And we're at the 14 minute and 30 second mark, and we're still screwing it up. The the thought is, well, we're going to keep working at it till we get it right. But unfortunately, I think what happens is we work on it to the point that we are never going to get it right. And we're neglecting something else. Right. And so I think sometimes we have to just accept the fact, okay, we didn't get this today, so we're going to make sure we work on it again the next practice. We're going to make it a priority again to, you know, it's going to be item 1A again next time. But if we spend all our time trying to fix rundowns today, then I might wake up at that first game going, oh my gosh, we haven't worked on our slap defense or whatever it might be that that is going to kick us in the butt because we got so distracted worrying about that one or two things that we lost track of other things that really needed to get done. So, and I think too, uh, you know, our coaches often spend a lot of time worrying about attracting uh, the next level of player. I want that next level of player, but just like we recruiting in college, they're recruiting, you know, in their travel ball world as well. And to have these type of structured practices is very attractive to a lot of athletes. So this is a nice way to attract that next level of of athlete and create an environment where the ones that you've got are going to excel, right? Absolutely. On top of everything else, it's just a a much better recipe for success. Sure. I think it's going to help you um, be a better coach. I think it's going to help your players have a more positive experience and become better players. I do think your point about helping you if uh, recruiting players is part of your your aspirations. Right, what you're after. You know, I think running really good practices are going to be attractive to players. And I think we have to always just keep checking ourselves as coaches because we all fall into traps. We all fall into habits. We all start to think that our way is the only way. I've been doing it this way since 1977, and that's the way I'm always going to do it. You know, I coached my first softball game in 1977, and when I think back to my first practices... I'm embarrassed to think about what they looked like. <laughs> We've come a long way. Yeah, right? and you know, and then I think of what they looked like five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago, and I want to continue to look for ways to make the next one better than the one before it. And and right. that you know that if a player, you know, let's say in a school ball setting, comes in with you as a freshman, that they're not doing the exact same thing four years ago that they did when they walked in. We you know, we should have evolved as coaches. Our program should be evolving. Our teaching should be evolving. The way we do practices should be evolving. It should not be static. And unfortunately, I think it's a real easy trap to fall into. You know, we're going to practice for six hours. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to talk a lot. I'm going to stand around and, and tell kids what they should do, and then they're not going to get very much time to practice it, and then I'm going to be mad that they're not good at it. It might be a good recipe, but maybe not the best recipe. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's a good yeah. recipe. So, um, <laughs> but so, you know, and again, whatever your recipe is, it can be better. Sure. You know, I, I'm going to bet you right now everything I own that Nick Saban's practices don't look the same today 
as they did three years ago. Right. And they definitely don't look like they did 10 years ago. Now, you know, 10 years ago, Nick Saban was winning national championships. 10 years from now, he's probably going to still try to win another one. Are there certain things that I'm sure he still does consistently, some things that he still holds his players accountable for? But I know it's not the same thing. There'll be some half-dos in there, but... But there's going to be some new ways and some new techniques and some new thoughts and some new ways of organizing things. So if, if the very best coaches on the planet can see the need for growing and developing... You know, and we talked about this a little bit ago, a couple of weeks ago, you know, not that long ago, I listened to Mike Candrea talk at the NFCA convention. He did a big three-hour seminar on hitting and basically the greatest, you know, coach our game has ever, or certainly one of the greatest coaches our game has ever seen, who had just come off winning a national championship, totally scrapped his hitting philosophy and changed everything because it dawned on him that there was a better way to do things. Sure. So if I'm... Tory travel ball coach or Tory rec ball coach or Tory high school coach, and I'm still doing things the same way now that I did in 1977, I might be missing the boat. Anyhow, that gives you some stuff to think about. We want you to continue to have a plan, know what you're going to do, look to make sure that your your system is efficient and, and exciting and fun for the kids while still accomplishing all the stuff that you want to accomplish. And I think everybody's going to be happier for it. So before we wrap up, make sure you check out our sponsors, Clean It Up, Next Air. And please check out our patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch. Um, the levels that you can join uh, and become a patron are explained to you there. And as we mentioned earlier, we've got a discount for our patrons on the Square Cuts training discs. And also we'll allow you free access to the Coaches Clinic, the Zoom Clinic we're going to be doing here uh, in February. So, Don, anything else for episode number 70? No, just like to encourage everybody to share. Share with their teammates, share with their coaches. Yep. Absolutely. So for Don McKinley... And our producer, Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tori in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio saying thanks for listening to episode number 70, and we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>